from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. For week commencing December 15 in the good year of 2013, I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. You've tuned the WIA National News Service. A new natural user interface and NUI research facility within the University of Melbourne has been established through the partnership of the Tertiary Institute along with Microsoft and the Victorian Government. The $8 million collaborative project focuses on the social aspect of NUI using voice, gestures, eye gaze, body movement and touch as a user interface. None of the three parties have disclosed the funding arrangement behind the partnership. The final analogue television transmitters in Australia were turned off Tuesday, that's December 10, with the closure of five channels on Melbourne's Mount Dandenong. They were channels 2, 7, 9, 10 and SBS UHF 28. Only HSV Channel 7 used the last minutes of analogue television to flash highlights, including the many personalities and shows of the past. The others decided to forego a truly historical occasion that can be replayed during events of the year 2013 or just to record a momentous time. The commercial stations closed on time at 9am, but ABV2 and SBS, which share the same site, left their old transmitters on nearly two minutes later. A special tribute, Amateur Radio Victoria telecast telling the history of TV in Australia is due to be shown after Christmas on the digitised VK3 RTV repeater. WIA Board Talk. This is Mel, VK3 FDSL, with a very special announcement from the WIA Bookshop. For the month of December, WIA members can benefit from a massive 30% reduction on the price of selected titles from the bookshop. Visit our online bookshop for details. Supplies of these books are strictly limited and once they are gone, so is the special price. Orders will be filled on a first-come, first-served basis, so act quickly to avoid disappointment. We will be dispatching deliveries until the office closes at 4pm Friday, December 20th. Thank you. Again that date, Friday, December 20 at 4pm. Do we market amateur radio? Well, the answer is clearly no or not enough if the product of amateur radio is not widely known and understood in our society. We have a major product to sell. It should get attention. Marketing can help to get noticed amongst all the messages that bombard our society. Carefully look at various audiences to see how they are receiving the message. Categorise them into groups, the general public, potential radio amateur and those already in the know and in the hobby. They have the same product but different messages are needed. The public can learn about the modern amateur radio, classes and assessments and existing radio amateurs need information relevant to them. In deciding on the right messages, then communicate them. The website can be a powerful marketing tool. Maybe it needs to be updated. Does the web space really work for you? Does this WIA National News Service really work for you? The WIA, the Wireless Institute of Australia, through the clubs and individuals, is holding its PR Amateur Radio Expo April 13 to 15. For full details on the exciting event, visit the What's On column of the WIA website 
wia.org.au. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. Hi, and here's this week's update on the Wyong Field Day. As we approach the holiday season, it's easy to forget that February will be rushing up on us soon after New Year, which is one reason I keep reminding everyone to make their arrangements early. Whether you're looking at staying in the area and need accommodation, or if you are travelling in from interstate, now is the time to make those bookings, if you haven't already done so. The Wyong Field Day on Sunday the 23rd of February will be on Rain or Shine. So we'll be there, will you? I hope so, as this year we are proud to have the Summits on the Air group with us. And not only is the VK2 Association Manager Andrew, VK2UH, giving a presentation in our seminar programme, he and a group of other supporters of SOTA are manning an information stand in the exhibitors area. But not only will there be a SOTA lecture and a SOTA stand, Saturday night we'll also see a SOTA meet-up for a meal and a good old-fashioned chinwag. So, if you're involved with SOTA, or don't even know what it is and want to find out, there's only one place to be next February, and that's the CCARC Field Day at Wyong. Whether it's seeking that bargain from the flea market, buying that discounted new equipment from the trader stands, educating yourself at the seminars and exhibitor stalls, or even taking that license upgrade assessment. The place to be on February 23 is undoubtedly the CCARC Field Day at Wyong. 73 till next week. This is Ed, VK2JI, Publicity Officer of the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. And still on our whip around... VK4 RAT UHF repeater frequency change and your help is needed. If you live in the Townsville area and have the capability to receive UHF, then the TARC Incorporated wants you. As part of a planned change of frequency assignment for the VK4 RAT UHF voice repeater at Mount Stewart, reception monitoring needs to take place. The TARC have voted to change the current frequency assignment of the output 438.225, input 433.225, to move the repeater away from the UHF low interference potential devices band. Now, recommended frequencies to monitor, mainly during weekdays when interference activity seems to be the greatest, 434.8, 434.825, 434.875, and 434.95. Also, 439.825.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.439.875.
in itself a fascinating approach to codifying language and, for the record, not the only or the first. Today, CW is still in use, but other forms of communication have augmented the hobby and the wider communications field as well. Today, when you listen to amateurs talking, you'll hear them say 7-3 or QSO or QTH or XYL or any number of weird acronyms that make little or mainly no sense at all. Let me start with saying that sentence again, but now using English words instead. Today, when you listen to amateurs talking, you'll hear them say best regards or contact or home station or wife or any number of weird acronyms that make little or mainly no sense at all. These acronyms have a history of their own. They come from the world of Morse because every letter counts and if you can get a meaning across with less letters, you can get a message through faster. If you keep having to key home station, it's simpler to say QTH. I should point out that, for example, QTH changes meaning in itself. Officially, it means, what is your position in latitude and longitude? But the more likely use is something like, my QTH is Perth. That, in essence, means, I'm transmitting from Perth. These acronyms don't actually come from amateur radio but from the British government, who prepared a list of abbreviations for use in ships and coastal stations. The codes starting with the letter Q are called Q-codes. They too have evolved to include aviation, military and others. 7-3 is a code that comes from the world of telegraph. It too has changed meaning from my love to you to best regards. Today, love and kisses is signified by 88. Other acronyms like CQ and DX have a history all their own. Next time you hear an acronym, ask the user for its meaning and start using them yourself. Before long, you'll get to the point where you'll want to use it in general day-to-day -day use. Before I go, 7-3 means best regards, so don't be tempted to add an S, as in 7-3s. That would mean best regards and that's just silly. 7-3, D-E, Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. In South Africa, nice words from around the world last weekend, kicked off by the President and the Board of the South African Radio League. Its council and members joined the world in mourning the loss of South Africa's greatest statesman, Nelson Mandela. Let us continue to remember and be encouraged by the so many positive things for which he stood. While we mourn his passing, we celebrate his life and the lessons he taught us and the world. Still in South Africa, hams in South Africa all attuned. They're listening out for VK6RIO, a beacon on 144.950 MHz. Trans-Indian Ocean two-way contacts on 144 MHz via tropo ducting is still the most challenging terrestrial frontier on VHF. A team comprising of Andre, ZS2 Alpha Charlie Papa, Jim, ZS2 Juliet Fox, and Mike, ZS2 Fox Mike, in Port Elizabeth are running CW tests with Bill Hosey, VK6 Alpha Charlie Yankee, slash ZS6 Charlie Charlie Yankee at Perth, but to date are not receiving any signals at all. 
Now the Northern Corridor Radio Group at Perth are trying to break this hoodoo by using the latest chirp modulation techniques on their VK6RIO beacon. Anbridge Australia and South Africa on 144 MHz. Keith Bainbridge, VK6 Romeo Kilo, a spokesman for the Australian group, says if we can get someone in the right location over there, then perhaps we can help with some of the equipment. This project is real amateur radio science. To China, a national emergency broadcast centre has opened in China as the country speeds up the construction of a nationwide radio network that will spread rescue and relief information in disaster-hit regions. Under the China National Radio, CNR, the China National Emergency Broadcasting Centre is responsible for setting up an emergency broadcast system and building a radio network that links central authorities to grassroots offices. The plan, which will be an important measure for coping with disasters, was inspired by a similar but smaller scale radio network set up after the fatal 7.0 magnitude earthquake hit Lushan in southwest China's Sichuan province in April. The radio service, jointly initiated by CNR and local radio and TV stations, broadcasts government relief measures and secondary disaster warnings to disaster-affected people via loudspeakers, AM radio frequencies and satellite facilities. The centre's official website started operation, releasing latest data on disasters across the country and providing online rescue and relief guidance. In the United Kingdom, embroidered antenna is flexible and water-resistant. A prototype garment incorporating an embroidered antenna has been produced by researchers in the Nottingham Trent University and Loughborough University. Search and rescue teams could benefit from the newly designed antenna, which is fully flexible, lightweight and water-resistant. In a bid to transform how wearable radio communications are sent and received, the two universities and several industry partners have developed the technology to design an efficient antenna that can be applied directly onto clothing using a mass production process. In Japan, Tokyo's famed The Radio Store closes after 64 years. One of the landmarks that helped create Tokyo, Japan's famed Akihabara Electronics District has closed its doors for good. Amateur Radio Newsline's Heather Emby, KB3TZD, is here with the details. On Saturday evening, November 30th, local time, the business known as the Radio Store ceased operations after 64 years. The Radio Store opened on March 8, 1950. It was the first of Tokyo's electronic superstores, built by 10 of the prominent vendors at the time. The building originally housed only those first 10 stores, but it led to the creation of business area that eventually became home to hundreds of other electronics retailers and gained recognition worldwide. It said that the radio store was responsible for giving this area of Tokyo its electric town nickname. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD in Berwick, Pennsylvania. The names of four pre-teens from the town of North Pole, Alaska, have been sent into space, and it's all thanks to ham radio. Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, is in the newsroom with the story of how it came about. North Pole, Alaska is just outside the city of Fairbanks, and it's where Daniel Perry, age 10, Derek Perry, 9, Riley Perry, 9, and Kaylee Perry, age 5, all live. But these four youngsters now have something very special in their lives because their names are now orbiting some 400 miles above Earth on a microsat. And it's all because of a friendship between two ham radio operators. The honor comes courtesy of their grandfather, Mike Perry, AL7F, who became caretaker to some satellite monitoring equipment about a year and a half ago. 
This happened after he became close friends with Mark Kanawati, N4TPY of Space Quest Limited, which is a technology company based in Fairfax, Virginia. AL7F says it all came about because of a note to the local radio club. The way this all got started was uh, Mark, uh, the owner of Space Quest, and him being a ham radio operator, he got in touch with the Arctic Amateur Radio Club here in Fairbanks and had a letter posted on our membership uh, site looking for someone that had some property or knew of somebody that had some property that would be a good location for him to install a satellite tracking station. I own some property uh, right off the side of the highway there. I got it subdivided into some lots and uh, I offered to let him put uh, the uh, his tracking station on one of the lots. The Department of Homeland Security has announced a pilot project in cooperation with NPR Labs to demonstrate the delivery of the first ever real-time emergency alert messages to people who are deaf or hard of hearing in five Gulf states. The public radio stations participating in the project will receive emergency alert messages from FEMA's Integrated Public Alert and Warning System. The stations will then broadcast the emergency alerts to specially designed FM radio data system receivers that alert the participants with a flashing indicator. The receivers can also show the content of the alert through the receiver's digital display. Participants can connect a strobe light or bed shaker alerting device to the receiver to help ensure alerts are noticed both day and night. And finally this week, a look into the future. This as the Consumer Electronics Association releases the 2014 edition of Five Technology Trends to Watch. This is an annual publication that examines five prominent technology movements that will influence the consumer electronics industry in the years ahead. Amateur Radio Newsline's Norm Seeley, KI7UP, takes a look at what lies ahead. According to a press release, this year's five technological trends to watch examines key developments from the Internet of things like driverless cars, digital healthcare, robotics to the future of video distribution and consumption. Geared towards industry professionals, the publication provides in-depth analysis and outlines related issues and market forecasts for the coming year. Each section also explores consumer perspectives, partnerships, key players, and public policy issues. For example, a chapter titled A Hundred Billion Nodes looks at how the Internet is using the web to learn consumer habits and needs. The Consumer Electronics Association Senior Manager of Business Intelligence, Jack Cutts, he looks at where the major automakers are testing and refining their driverless vehicles. He also expands on the legal and social implications of seeding the open road to science in On the Road to Driverless Cars. For Amateur Radio Newsline, Norm Seeley, KI7UP, watching emerging technology from Scottsdale, Arizona. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. 
This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ, dateline 2014. MSAT straight key 9 January 1. WIA summer VHF UHF field day 11-12 January. WIA John Moore field day weekend March 15 and 16. WIA VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint May 3. 10 10 International Summer Contest August 2 and 3. WIA Remembrance Day DRD Contest August 16 and 17. Manly Ringer Radio Society's Flagpole Contest September. Special Event Stations DX Beacon Repeater and Net Advice. DXCC 2013 deadline is December 31. In DX up front, Bill Moore, NC1L, who is the AWL Awards Branch Manager, wants to remind to all DXCC program participants that the deadline for the 2013 calendar year ends on Tuesday, December 31st. Moore says that in order to appear in the annual listing published in the electronic version of the DXCC yearbook, you must have your submission postmarked no later than that date. Since the DXCC workload usually peaks around this time each year, Moore recommends that applicants not wait until the last minute to get their submissions in. ARRL granted use of W100AW for League Centennial. The FCC has authorised the Maxim Memorial Station W1AW to also use the call sign W100AW June 2014, the ARRL Centennial Year. LCL QSO Party. The Amateur Radio Lighthouse Society, ARLHS, invites you to participate in their annual Lighthouse Christmas Lights 2013 QSO party, which is held between 0001 Zulu, December 21st, and 2359 Zulu, January 1st, 2014. Rules, operating guidelines, logging requirements and prizes can be found at arlhs.com forward slash lcl dash 2013.html. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Enningham. If you're in the top half of the Territory, you're listening to this news broadcast from VK1 WIA via the Darwin Amateur Radio Club station, VK8DA. And heard Sunday mornings at 9am local time. Transmitting on 146.900, the Palmerston Repeater which requires a 123Hz tone to access it. On HF, we transmit on 3.555 in the 80m band, 7.193 in 40m band, 10.137 in the 30m band, and 14.337 MHz in the 20m band. This is Spud on behalf of the Darwin Amateur Radio Club. You're listening to VK1WIA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Media Watch. Calling in on Barry, VK6BW's broadcast of this news was VA7MLW Glenn, who is Maritime Mobile out of Vancouver and is well along his non-stop solo around-the-world voyage. VA7MLW had hit the Indian Ocean, heading for the Falklands via ZS on his western circumnavigation from Victoria, British Columbia, which is expected to take 10 months before returning to home port. 
His 40-foot sloop, named Kim Chow, has had extensive modifications for the trip. And Glenn has an ICOM 802 SSB marine radio. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV, where every pixel tells a story. Digital amateur television success in the Upper Spencer Gulf in South Australia. David VK5DMC has been busy over the past 18 months building equipment and experimenting with the transmission of DVBT, that's Digital Video Broadcast Terrestrial. A digital modulator kit was purchased from Germany and duly assembled, producing a whopping 1 milliwatt of output power. Further preamps were constructed, producing a modest 12 watts of output. Now this increased transmitter range from a few feet across to across town. However, this would not suffice. So, a 600-watt UHF linear amplifier kit was purchased from America, and after much work, this was pressed into service, resulting with an output power of about 120 watts, and with some antenna tricks, an ERP of about 360 watts was achieved. Recently, a signal was successfully sent across the Spencer Gulf from VK5DMC's home location in the centre of Port Perry to a portable station on Mount Laura just north of Wyala, operated by Alex, VK5ALX, and the distance covered around 50 kilometres with a strong signal received. And the future for ATV in the Upper Spencer Golf area? Well, permission has been obtained to locate the translator at the Trax FM site on the top of the Flinders Ranges at about 2,400 feet in elevation and 14 kilometres to the east of Port Perry. Now, this location should provide reliable coverage of Port Perry. Port Augusta and Wyala in the north and west, and Kadena Wallaroo to the south. This location is just up the track from the commercial television station transmitters, and this means that most of the television receivers will already have their antennas pointed in the right direction and with the correct polarity. This should make reception very easy for those who are interested in viewing the signal. A licence has been applied for, and work has commenced on the control equipment necessary for remote operation. Inputs will be on 1275 MHz analog and 1290 DVBS, that's Digital Video Broadcast Satellite, with the output on 446.500 MHz DVBT. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. APCO P25 Digital Repeaters linked via the Internet. P25 was originally a public safety grade commercial digital voice mode that has recently gained popularity within the Australian amateur radio community. Now equipment has become cheaper and more readily available on the used market and interest in this mode has started to increase. As reported a few months back here on WIA National News, several repeaters are located around the Sydney area that support P25. In particular, VK2RCG P25 repeater located on Governor Philip Tower in the Sydney CBD. Matt Robert, VK2LK and John, ZL4JY have set up an experimental link between this repeater in Sydney and other P25 repeaters located in Waikikiri, New Zealand. This linking is particularly interesting as traditionally P25 repeaters have been difficult to link and have required expensive telco-grade equipment and specialised microwave links to connect them together. The linking solution between these two repeaters was implemented in true ham fashion and uses very cheap and commonly available second-hand networking equipment that costs well under $100 and also provides an extremely solid and reliable commercial-grade link. 
After much testing and experimentation, the link has been made available for public use. Among those using the repeater, we see John, ZL4JY, Matt, VK2LK, Mark, VK2ZB, Robin, VK2VRB, Tanu, VK2MHZ, Greg, VK2GK, Greg, VK2VGM, and Hugh, VK2XHP. That's not a bad roll-up, is it? More countries and extra repeaters will be added to this network as time and money and interest permits. All appropriately licensed operators with P25 equipment are more than welcome to hop on any time and put out a call. Let's see if more activity is possible on this excellent system. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting for WIA National News. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. On the social scene, as we say goodbye for another day from WIA National News, January 2427 in VK4, it's the Tark Australia Day long weekend, the family radio camp at the Girl Guides campsite, Blue Water. Feb 23 in VK2, Wyong Field Day. April 13 to 15, right across VK, PR for Amateur Radio Expo. April 18, it's Amateur Radio Day, your gateway to wireless communications. April 25 in VK3 is the Anzac Day event at Ballarat Showgrounds. The Clareview Gathering happens in VK4, May 2 to 4. And November 2nd in VK5, the big one, the Hamfest Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society. Now until next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Thanks for listening and walk softly. In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.